The Productive Woman, Episode 223. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Happy New Year and thank you for joining me. This episode will be talking about the difference between resolutions and goals and the role each plays in a meaningfully productive life. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 223. Well, welcome back and again, Happy New Year. How have your holidays been? Did you have a great time in December with family and friends or was it a quiet December for you? Did you spend any time thinking about your goals for this year? Have you set any resolutions? I thought this first episode of the new year would be a good time to talk a little bit about the difference between resolutions and goals and how they can work together in your life. And as I often do, I thought I would start with some definitions. So I I always like to understand the meanings of the words we use. I think in the productivity space, as well as anywhere else, we throw a lot of terms around that sometimes we're not really using right, or we don't really know what those terms mean. And a lot can be um, figured out, I guess, by just understanding the meanings of the words that we use. So I went to some online dictionaries and the word resolution means a firm decision to do or not to do something. Synonyms for resolution are intention, resolve, decision, intent, aim, and plan. Now, goal, on the other hand, was defined as the end toward which effort is directed. I thought that was really interesting. It's because uh, we use the word goals all the time on this show and, you know, just in life in general, but to think of it as an end toward which effort is directed. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about the significance of that definition here in a bit. So let's talk about resolutions first, because lots of people make New Year's resolutions. The concept of making New Year's resolutions has been around for centuries. According to one article I read called The History of New Year's Resolutions, the ancient Babylonians were the first to make them over 4,000 years ago. I thought that was interesting. I mean, I just looked, Googled that to look that up because I wondered how long have people been making New Year's resolutions? And a long, long time. According to one study, the most common New Year's resolutions are number one, to exercise more. It said 38% of the people that were polled, that was one of their resolutions. To lose weight, to eat more healthily, to take a more active approach to health, uh, to learn a new skill or a hobby, to spend more time on personal well-being, spend more time with family and friends, drink less alcohol, and stop smoking. So those are the, I guess there's nine of them, most common New Year's resolutions, according to this article from the UK, and I'll put a link in the show notes. So again, it's a 4,000 year old practice, but one article, as this article I just mentioned, 
has said, um, according to recent research, while as many as 45% of Americans say they usually make New Year's resolutions, only 8% are successful in achieving their goals. So here, this article is kind of using both terms interchangeably. I don't think they actually are interchangeable, but nevertheless, that's, you know, a pretty good, um, summary of the statistics, about half of us make New Year's resolutions, or at least half of American re- uh, Americans make New Year's resolutions, but only about 8% are successful in accomplishing them. Uh, another article says, according to Philip Clark, who is a psychology lecturer at the University of Derby Online Learning, the biggest mistake is that many people identify what they want to achieve but don't think how to do it. So this is why so few people who make resolutions actually keep those resolutions, actually accomplish what they were resolving to accomplish. Another explanation, according to time management firm Franklin Covey, they are the makers of of very popular planners. One third of people who make resolutions don't make it past the end of January. There was a period of time in my life where I was going to the gym regularly for a few years. And my, what I noticed and what my trainer talked about, uh, pointed out is how full the gym always was in the, in early January, but usually by Valentine's day, the crowds had thinned out. So that's one example of people have made a resolution. Oh, I'm going to go work out every week or every day or whatever. And the gym is just packed for the first couple of weeks, but the, that tapers off over time. And the article that was talking about the Franklin Covey survey is it says a lot of these resolutions fail because they're not the right resolutions. And the article says a resolution may be wrong for one of three main reasons. And this is really important for us to think about in terms of planning our year and the goals we want to achieve, the resolutions we want to make if if we're going to do that. Um, The article says the three main reasons are it's a resolution created based on what someone else or society is telling you to change. Okay. So it's not really your resolution. It's just one you think you ought to have. Number two is that it's too vague. Um, I just want to be more healthy. Okay. That, that doesn't, something like that doesn't satisfy the criteria for a, an achievable goal or for a resolution because it's not really a decision as the definition said, I'm going back there, a firm decision to do or not to do something. Just resolving to be more healthy is not really something to do or not do. And it's not a firm decision and it's too vague to know whether you've accomplished it or not. And the third one, this article says is you don't have a realistic plan for achieving your resolution. So those are three reasons why resolutions fail, you know, why people fail to accomplish whatever they resolve to do. So Taking from that and learning from that, there are a couple of things that we can think about in terms of setting meaningful resolutions. Number one, I would say is to make sure it's something you want, not something you think you ought to want. Whether you want to call it a resolution or a goal, if it's on our list, simply because we think we ought to, um, we ought to do that thing, 
it's not, we're not going to be motivated to stick with it. And we've talked about that in past episodes in the past. I'll try to remember to put some links to the right reasons, so to speak, for setting a goal or making a resolution and some of the wrong reasons. But one of the the big deals is we can't, we're not going to be motivated to, to take the action. Remember our definition of a goal is an end toward which effort is directed. Okay. And our resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something in either of those things. It takes effort. It takes action. It takes intention. And we're, it's not going to be there for us. We're not going to stick with it if it's not something that is truly meaningful to us. And we're just putting it on the list because we feel like we ought to. So take time to think about this. Look really deeply at yourself. Hopefully you've done some of that already at the end of the year, but if the holidays were kind of busy for you, maybe you're just now in the process. A lot of people spend January thinking about what, what is the plan for the coming year? What goals do I want to accomplish? What resolutions do I want to make? What do you want to make a firm decision to do or not do this year? Uh, and why? You know, that's, that's the important thing. If you don't have a why that's meaningful to you, it's going to be hard to stick with it over time. The other, another thing about setting meaningful resolutions or making meaningful resolutions is to be very specific. So if you're thinking of a resolution as a firm decision to do or not do something, be very specific about what is the thing you're going to do or not do this year. We're going to talk about that more um, next week and with some ideas of things to, to do or not do in the coming year. But be very specific about what it is. I'm, you know, instead of I'm going to be more healthy, maybe it's I am not going to eat sugar. Okay, and I am making a firm decision to not eat um, sugar this year. If it's, um, you know, something you want to accomplish in terms of say a hobby or an interest of yours, maybe like me, you want to write a book, you can make a firm decision to write 15 minutes, five days a week. That would be a very specific resolution. And you're going to know if you did it or didn't do it. Develop a plan. Okay. If we're going to set meaningful resolutions, make a plan. So going to my specific one, I just talked about if, if my resolution, if I am resolved, if I'm making a firm decision to do something that I'm going to write for 15 minutes, five days a week, develop a plan. What days am I going to do it? When will those 15 minutes come? Will I do it first thing in the morning? Will I do it right after lunch? Will I do it at the end of the day? Will I do it Monday through Friday and take the weekends off? Will I, you know, have a plan? How am I going to write those? Am I going to write it in Scrivener on my computer? Or am I going to sit with my notebook and a fountain pen and write it by hand? Develop a very specific plan. And finally, of course, make a firm decision to do or not do what, whatever the thing is that you're resolving, because that's what a resolution is. It's not a, I want to try to do this. I want to try to spend more time with my mom. I want to try to work out more. I am, you know, a resolution is a firm decision to do it. It is something you want, not something you think you ought to want. It is specific you have a plan to do it or not do it. 
and you've made a firm decision. And I would say, you know, share that with somebody who will help hold you accountable. All right. So those are some thoughts about resolutions. What about goals? And remember that a goal, according to the dictionary definition that I looked at, is an end toward which effort is directed. So that's got two pieces. What is the end and what is the effort? So what is the end you have in mind? One, one writer that I was, I read a bunch of articles about goal setting and all of this, and we've talked about it in the past, but um, one writer said, goal setting is much more than simply saying you want something to happen unless you clearly define exactly what you want and understand why you want it in the first place, your odds of success are considerably reduced. That's what we've just been talking about. You got to know what you want and why you want it. So what is the goal you have in mind? What is the end you're moving toward? And you can talk about the long-term goals. You can talk about more short-term goals, but there's got to be an end in mind, uh, something you're aiming toward and know what specifically that is. We'll talk in a minute about, you know, ways to formulate goals that are maybe more helpful and more meaningful to you. But the first question is, what is the end you have in mind? The second question is, what effort will it take to achieve it? What are the specific actions you need to take in order to accomplish the goal you have in mind? So using an example for me, if I'm, you know, I'm writing a book, um, what that's the end is to have a publishable manuscript, uh, by the end of the year or whatever the goal is that I'm going to set for that. What effort will it take? I got to write the thing I'm going to have to, but there are other actions that have to be taken. I need to do some research. I need to, you know, I need to identify what are those specific actions, make space in my calendar to sit down and do the writing uh, and all of those sorts of things. Um, Communicate with the potential agent who has asked about it, those, all those things, but make a list of what are the specific actions. Then this, the other effort part of the effort is I think identify the potential obstacles, both the internal ones and the external ones and brainstorm approaches to overcome those obstacles. So what are the obstacles to the, the goal that you've set for yourself? If your goal is to lose 10 pounds, what are the obstacles? For me, it would be, I love chocolate. You know, that's an obstacle. That's probably an internal one. How am I going to overcome that? Uh, what's another obstacle? Busy schedule. When, you know, when am I going to fit? I need to exercise, but when am I going to do it? I'm, I'm swamped. So how, how will you overcome that obstacle? All those sorts of things, whatever your, the end is that you have in mind, uh, figure out what obstacles you might create for yourself or that the, the universe might create and then brainstorm solutions and maybe get some help depending on what your area is for my book writing thing. Maybe I'll talk to some published authors I, I know and say, um, what are the obstacles you ran into? Or these are the obstacles that I know of. Do you have any good ideas for overcoming those for your fitness goals? Maybe talk to a trainer for, or a nutritionist to, to help come up with approaches to the obstacles that may be between you and the end that you have in mind. 
The next question is, are you ready to exert that effort now? So you have a goal in mind and you know, it's going to, what effort it's going to take. Are you ready to make that effort now? This goes back to your why is that goal important enough to you right now to make the effort that it will take to take the actions that it will require. And you need to be honest. We, we all need to be honest with ourselves. I think it's okay. If the answer is no, maybe put that goal on the back burner for another time, you know, reevaluate it. So what is the end you have in mind? What effort will it take to achieve it? And are you ready to make that effort now? When you have answers to those questions, you're well on your way, I think, to accomplishing the goals that you want to accomplish. Uh, in terms of setting goals, consider process goals instead of outcome goals. So for instance, that my goal may be, and you know, this could be worded as a resolution too, I guess, I will work out five days a week, 20 minutes each day for the next 90 days. That's a process goal versus a goal uh, an outcome goal would be, I will lose 10 pounds. I think process goals are more achievable. I think we have more control over them uh, because sometimes, you know, for instance, using the example that we're talking about here, your metabolism may have some impact on whether you and how quickly you lose weight but you can, and so you can't always control all of that, but you can control what effort you will exert, what actions you will take. Remember the quote from last week's episode about the, the three Jack Canfield's quote about the three things we control, the thoughts we have, the images we visualize and the actions we take. So I would say process goals fall into one of those categories. Um, maybe, uh, an ex another example would be, a process goal is I will identify and apply for five new jobs, whereas the outcome goal would be get a new job. Well, you can't force people to hire you, but you can control the actions you take. And I think the more of those actions you take, the more likely it is that you're going to accomplish that outcome goal. But if we focus on the process goals, the things that we can do, Again, we can't always control the outcome, but we can control our actions. And there is a value in developing productive habits, which is what those process goals can do for us. Consistent small actions are much more effective than occasional dramatic actions. So for instance, in the, um, if our, if in the weight loss one, let's take that for an example. If our goal is to lose 10 pounds, then we can starve ourselves for a few weeks and probably lose those pounds, but then we'll gain them back when we start eating again, because we have habits that don't serve us in terms of the weight that we carry. But if we take consistent actions. I will work out five days a week, 20 minutes each day for the next 90 days. That's a very specific goal. You're going to know whether you accomplished or not, it or not, regardless of what the scale says at the end of those 90 days. If you have done that, you will have developed a very productive habit and consistent habits, consistent small actions of like, of like that will achieve results over time in a much more effective way than taking some occasional inconsistent dramatic action. 
wise, wise words for the goal oriented that I heard once. And I don't remember where I heard this is don't get so focused on the destination that you miss the journey. And that's what I, why I think process oriented goals are more valuable than outcome focused goals. Something for you to consider. Of course, also when we talked about being specific in our goals, we've talked um, in the past about SMART goals. That's a phrase that's used kind of all over the productivity space and and with good reason. It's a valuable way of thinking about it. When you create your goals and you could apply, I think, the same thing to resolutions, think of them being SMART. That's an acronym for them being specific, measurable, achievable, realistic or relevant, and time-bound. And I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, an episode in the past where I've talked about that a little more, uh, about what each of those means. But, you know, specific, we've already talked about a lot. It's not a vague, generalized goal or objective, but something very specific. It's measurable. So whether it's measurable by, you know, time spent or whatever, it's you, you can tell whether you've spent, done the thing or not. It's achievable. It's, or attainable. I've seen it written that way as well. It, something that's within the realm of possibility for you. I could set myself a goal to be an NBA basketball player, but it'll never happen. No matter how many good habits I develop, no matter how much time I spend shooting baskets, I'm a 58 year old woman who is five foot three and a half. I will never play on the NBA. And I'm okay with that because I'm not a basketball fan. But you know, set, set goals that are attainable, something within the realm of possibility. Now stretch yourself a little bit, you know, do a little bit more than, than would be easy for you. Cause if it's too easy, it's, you'll lose interest, but be re- realistic. And similarly, the, the R in smart is realistic or relevant, um, in the timing that you give to it, uh, the, the amount of time you give yourself to achieve the goal, be realistic and let it be relevant to the stage of life you're in. If you have small children at home, that, you know, it, the kinds of goals you can pers- pursue now maybe are different from those that you pursued when you were a single woman or, uh, that you will pursue when you're older. There are things that I can do now that my children are grown and gone, uh, things that I can spend time and energy and attention on that I couldn't do at that stage in my life when I had five small kids at home. So they should be relevant to who you are at this time in your life. And finally, the T is for time bound, set a time limit on them, the amount of time per day, or a period of time that you're going to devote to this. The idea is to set goals that there's no question at the end of the the period, whether you've accomplished them or not. Okay. Uh, another thought about goals that I thought was so interesting that I read recently, or I heard recently on one of my favorite podcasts, Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School podcast. And she talked about, this was on an episode about, I don't remember what the topic was now. I think it's thoughts that we think. And she talked about goals and we, 
and, and where they sort of fit in our world, in our life. And here's, here's what she said. And this is in episode 225. I'll put a link in the show notes because there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. But she says, a great life is determined by the amazing goals you commit to, not necessarily achieve. And I thought, wait a minute, don't we want to achieve our goals? And she, of course, thinks we do. It's not achieving goals that makes the biggest difference in our life, according to her. And there's some real value in this. And I want you to think about this. She goes on to say, so many of us think what makes our life amazing is the circumstances of our life. It's what's happening. It's how much money we have. It's our relationships. It's our children. But really what makes our life amazing is what we think about. And when we think about an amazing future, when we think about our life becoming and being even better than it is now from a place of abundance, we get to create that experience now. And so don't wait until you achieve your goals to experience the effect of them. The effect of your goals is experienced when you set them, not when you achieve them. When you commit to them, when you believe in them, that's when the magic starts to happen. And again, this is in the context of whole episode where she's talking about some of these things, but the idea is if you set a specific, measurable, achievable, relevant time pound time bound goal, and you put your attention to that and you start thinking about achieving that goal and the actions you're going to take, the effort you're going to commit, the decision to do these or not do the things that will achieve this goal for you. You start to become that person already. If you think about your goal, if you think about the actions that you're taking and the kind of, um, you know, the impact that goal will have on you, you can experience that feeling now. So it, for example, my, my example of writing a book, I can start to be the now the writer that I want to be by having written this book. If that's kind of an awkward way to say it. But the point is that when we set these goals, when we commit to them, when we resolve to take the action, to do the things that are necessary to accomplish these goals in our lives, then we become that person. The change starts to happen in who we are. And that's why she can say a great life is determined by the amazing goals you commit to not necessarily achieve. And so you may not, you know, the fitness oriented one, you may not lose the number of pounds that you've set as a goal, if that's a goal that you have, but by committing to that goal and, and resolving to do the things necessary to achieve that goal by taking those actions and thinking that way in that direction, you start to become a different person, a better version of yourself, because you have committed to that goal, whether it's, you know, fitness or writing or a professional goal or a parenting goal or whatever, by committing to that goal, by taking, making that resolution, that firm decision to do or not do the things that will achieve that goal for you, you have started that process of becoming the person you want to be. And I think that's a great thing. So those are some thoughts on resolutions and goals. 
What do you think? Have you made any resolutions this year or set any goals? I'd love to hear what those are. Uh, I'd love to hear your process of, of setting those, why you're pursuing the goals that you have in mind. Let's share those with each other You and, and encourage each other to move forward in those. You can share your goals, your resolutions, your questions in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 223 or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the group if you're a member of that community. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. A couple of things as we are starting off a new year, I would uh, appreciate your help in expanding the community around the productive woman. If you find this podcast helpful, uh, could you think of maybe one other person in your life who would also find it helpful, who would enjoy hearing the things that we talk about on the podcast? Tell a friend. That's uh, the way most people find podcasts. I mean, sometimes people search for a particular topic and it comes up that way, but word of mouth is a great way to spread the word. And so tell a friend about the Productive Woman podcast and about the community. You can share an episode using the social sharing buttons at the top of every um, every episode's page. So if you go to theproductivewoman.com slash 223, that's where you find the show notes for this episode. And along the top, there are buttons that you can click on to share the a link to the episode on your Facebook profile and Twitter and in various other places. So that's a great way to share it. Um, consider leaving a review in iTunes if you've never done that and let, uh, because some people do look at those reviews and that helps them decide whether they think this the podcast would be of interest to them. So you can do that. You can go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes and that'll take you right to where you can subscribe if you haven't, but also where you can, um, uh, you know, leave a review. So consider doing that. If there's anything I can do for you, in this coming year to help you achieve your goals or maybe help you narrow down what it is you want to focus your time and your energy and attention on. Uh, I would love to do that. I, there are a number of ways we can do that. Certainly share whatever questions you have for future episodes. I'll certainly talk about those, but I do offer uh, personalized productivity coaching and maybe this is a good time of year for you to consider doing that where we can spend some time one-on-one talking about what your what your res- resolutions are, what your goals are, what you want to accomplish this year and in the, the coming weeks, and uh, what maybe what the obstacles are, and I can help brainstorm solutions for you. We'll also be doing some mastermind groups this year, and if you'd like to be a part of a very small group of women who will support and encourage you and hold you accountable, that's a great way to make progress on your most important goals. So if you have questions, there's a page on the website at theproductivewoman.com that explains a little more about the coaching, a little more about masterminds, uh, and have a look at that and and then shoot me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. If you have more questions, I'd be happy to talk with you about it. And I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am so excited about what this year will bring for us. Thank you for spending this time with me. Let's 
let's support and encourage each other in the coming year. I hope you found something in this episode that was helpful to you. And I do look forward to hearing from you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.